I am a very analytical person, so everything, every time when I make a big decision, I would、uh, look at a lot of data and then evaluate a lot of data points, and then then based on that, analyze and then deliver a result and then build a strategy to the rest of the team. Yeah, so I think it is very important that. To have a game plan, and then to have a reasoning about the game plan that we're rolling out, and why. Welcome to the Learn Podcast, where we interview top leaders in tech and learn about how they're building the world's most innovative companies. I'm Ted Blosser, CEO and co-founder of WorkRamp, the world's first learning cloud platform. Our mission is to help professionals reach their full potential through learning, and the Learn Podcast is where we can learn from the best leaders at the top of their game. Please subscribe, leave us a rating, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Everyone, welcome back to the Learn Podcast. We have an amazing guest on today. We have Shuo Wang, the co-founder and CRO at Deal. Shuo, thanks for joining us.、Uh, thanks, Dad, for having me,、uh, having me today. Thanks, everyone. Happy to be here, of course. Well, I got to you know I randomly met Shuo at a, a Salesforce、uh, Ventures and Bessemer Ventures event. It was the Cloud 100, and、uh, when I met her, I said, "You have to come on our podcast, share more about the Deal story." And、uh, what we want to talk about is also、uh, how Deal is one of the best remote-first companies as well. But before we jump into it, Shuo, can you give us an elevator pitch? On both Deal, and then after that, let's talk about an elevator pitch on yourself. As well. Sure. Good morning, everyone. Thanks so much for having me here today. I am Shuo Wang, co-founder and CRO at Dio. So, what we do at Dio is、uh, we're building an all-in-one HR platform for global teams. So, we help companies simplify every aspect of managing an international workforce, from culture and onboarding to local payroll and compliance. Dio works for independent contractors and full-time employees in more than、uh, 150 countries compliantly, and then we also help companies to set up entities, offices, and、uh, within、uh, a matter of minutes. Yeah. And then, how about yourself? Tell us your journey about getting to Deal and starting Deal. I have a very technical background, so I studied uh, uh, mechanical engineering,、uh, focusing on、uh, robotics、uh, at MIT. And then、uh, after graduate from MIT, I went back to Beijing, where I lived till the age of sixteen and built my first company,、uh, sold that company to iRobot, and then moved back to San Francisco and then built Deal. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Well, selling a company、uh, that young and then starting Deal. We're also another Y Combinator alum, but you you guys are way more successful. I will have to say that one of the fastest companies to 100 million ARR. If、uh, anybody doesn't know that, but all right, where I would love to start is again today we're going to focus on how to build an amazing remote first company. Deal is literally one of the best shining examples of that. The topic I want to go through first is around hiring. A、uh, quick question for you, Shwo. Can you give us the scale of Deal right now in terms of employees、uh, that you have. Yeah, so we have across three thousand people across one hundred and ten different countries. So we are fully remote. We are probably the largest remote、uh, remote company in the world right now. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, three. Okay, so three thousand people. You probably have a lot of learnings around hiring. Can you give us? Your philosophy around hiring, especially when you can't meet these people in person, 
give us your philosophy on how do you find great talent while you're uh, running remote first organization? That's a great question. From DO, we fully believe in talents, right? Because talents build the culture, build the foundation, build the company, and how everyone can work together with uh, everyone is definitely the key for us to scale and scale faster and execute faster. So what we, we, we do is that at the very early days of DO, Alex and myself, we interviewed every single employee. So I think I, we, we interviewed our first 400 uh, employee, at least for myself, right? And uh, Alex still today uh, interviewed like, you know, a lot of ICs that he is directly managing. For me, uh, for every single sales rep at the early days, I, I make sure that, you know, we are culturally aligned. They are... Um, fast learners as, uh, and then builders as well. And then uh, two cultures that we focus on at the deal is uh, number one, deal speed, which is fast at execution. And then client first, which like, you know, we really care about our clients and then focus on giving them the best experience. Yeah, so I, I think a couple of things that we're looking for at the time of hiring and interviewing is at least for me, for myself, when building my, uh, my, my, uh, the foundation of the sales team, I'm looking for whether the sales rep is analytical or not, and then whether they're logical and then can explain a product very well. And then the third one is that whether they, what they're looking for is, is aligned with deal culture and then how we, we think our mission is that and how we can grow together and scale together. Yeah. That's a great set of criteria. I always have this debate with our team internally on length of interviews, how many times should you see a candidate, how many people you should have on the panel, should that be consistent? So there's all these different variables. And I, I've been personally, and, and we're, we're uh, remote first as well too, not at your scale, but remote first. And we've always been tweaking the interview panels and the interview rhythm with our uh, candidates. Do you have any recommendations on what you found as the sweet spot for how to actually conduct the interviews? If you could maybe get one level deeper into yeah. how to actually run interviews well, that would be great. Yeah, happy to share. So typically, uh, still today, I interview, take a sales team, for example, I interview ICs, individual uh, AEs, reps, as well as sales managers, uh, directors, and sales leaders, right? So for directors and then uh, sales leaders, I typically spend uh, 30 to 45 minutes and then we have take-home tasks. And then for individual reps, one managers, I spend 15 minutes to interview them. Uh, so during the 15 minutes, there are three things, again, that I'm looking for, whether uh, they're analytical, whether they will be able to explain me a concept or a product that they are selling what they used to sell very well. And then number three is what they're looking for is aligned with what the deal can provide them, right? So three typical questions that uh, I would ask them during the 15 minutes of my interview is number one, what is their quota like and what is their attainment and how is their attainment being calculated, 
right? So if uh, a rep cannot explain their quota or cannot ex explain what is their attainment, I, I don't think they really care about their sales commissions, which is already a bad sign, right? And then if they can explain uh, me the comp structure, quota structure very well, that means like, you know, they, they understand the, the data side of things, so which is very important. So that's number one. Number two, uh, what I also ask is just ask them that, you know, whatever that they're selling today, what are the biggest pinpoints? What are the biggest value that the product can provide to their prospects? Yeah. Have you seen people fail that often where they have, they struggle selling their own product? I think people are like sellers or reps are typically very good at selling, but it is just whether the reasoning is convincing or not. Yeah, because I am a technical person, right? So like uh, uh, being logical, being convincing is what I'm looking for. So if you can sell a technical person or like uh, a very technical pro processing person, then I, I think you'll be able to sell to everyone. Yeah, you just need to be convincing. That's it. Yeah. I love your approach where it's not like, hey, we don't need to spend hours and hours with someone. We have a set criteria and we know what we're looking for. What I like to do, and that's, a, I think, a great way to hire, what I like to do is switch over into what I call uh, cultural rhythm. And so Reid Hoffman, founder of LinkedIn, uh, he, he gave this podcast on how every company has its own unique cultural rhythm and um, essentially activities they do internally. I'm curious, what are the cultural rhythms that Deal um, has either is currently running or has run in the past that you'd love to share more about? I uh, For deal, uh, we, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, two biggest things that we're looking for while we focus on what the value of deal is, number one, deal speed, which uh, we execute fast and then we identify problems, we find solutions, and then we solve the problem fast. So that's what we call deal speed. Another one is care. We care for our own people. We care for our clients. We care for the talents that we're sending payments to, we're issuing salary to, right? So make sure that, you know, everyone is feeling, being taken care of by deal. And then uh, we provide a really good services, make sure that they're compliant. They always receive their salary on time, all the time. And also if they have any, uh, local logistic issues, taxes issues, we're there for them, we'll be able to help them, right? So like uh, things like that could be very stressful. And as long as they understand and rely on deal, I think I feel very accomplished. Yeah, those are the two cultures that we emphasize a lot uh, at the deal. And in terms of reinforcing those two values, I'd love to get, see if you can get into specifics too, is do you do, for example, monthly all hands, weekly all hands, What's like the meeting rhythm when you have a remote first culture? How do you enforce those two values on an ongoing basis? Kind of curious about, about that. Yes, we do all hands every week and then remotely. And then every other week we focus on different topics. Uh, we create alignment on product. We create alignment on strategy. And then uh, my co-founder and I, we often do uh, ask me anything in AMA. Right? So I, I do think that is very effective. But another thing is today we have, as I mentioned, we have towards like, you know, 3,000 people across uh, uh, 110 countries that we're hiring talents from. So like coordinate and then make sure that everyone joins the all hands is a little bit tough. So I think uh, what's the most efficient that I identified is uh, how 
the managers, how the founders, like, you know, apply those values into their day-to-day cadence where, like, if we are building a system or building processes to incentivize, to encourage our team to follow those two two values, right? And then also, uh, we don't have... Office Slack is our office, right? So we live on Slack. It totally reacts to like you know what is my response time to my team when never they ask me anything. Uh, what is my help, my support to them when they ask me my feedback and then ask me to solve something for them, right? And then if I am on top of their problems, if I am on top of helping them in a very fast uh, way, like you know, be able to answer them within minutes. Uh, or even within like, you know, an uh, hour or two, that shows that, you know, I really care about them. And then that shows that how fast I am reacting to uh, a lot of the requests out there. So that will help my team to understand that, you know, hey, this is the culture, this is the standard, this is the expectation, and then this is how I will need to apply. Sounds like you live and breathe on Slack to run a global company across every different time zone, what's the one tip you would recommend to remote first companies for Slack? Is it the response time you mentioned, or is there anything else where you're like, do this and you will be golden or you will be in, in, a, in a really good spot from a Slack perspective? I think I always reply uh, no matter, like, you know, if you cannot reply right now within seconds, that's okay. There's a very good feature with the new newest Slack is called Save It For Later and the highlights as well. So I think uh, by the end of the day, clean up your Save It For Later item list, that will help the team a lot. Yeah. So I, I do think it is really from the founders or, like, you know, from the managers, how we react will like you know form how the team react okay cool set a great just to reiterate it's almost set a great example things like response times are are key and then treat it like your you would treat your email inboxes try to clear it out by the end of every day so you're responsive to people i love it okay i want to shift into a subset of culture uh, for the team you run so you're the cro you run the go-to-market organization I think a lot of people think about sales orgs as like the sales pit and you're all in person together and you're making cold calls and you can hear each other and understand how to sell. But in a remote first world, you don't have that, right? You're selling alone in a room to by yourself. <laughs> Maybe you have a gone call recording people can listen to afterwards. But how are you building a great sales culture given you're in a remote first world. Give us some tips on on how to do that. I am still exploring, right? So I'm still like, you know, trying to learn that every day, uh, be adaptive and then be iterative and then understand that, hey, you know, what are some of the things that we try to really identify with the team? I think uh, one of the things that we start to do is build a kudos channel. So every time we see a good pitch or like any reps build a really good presentation template, we would share in the kudos team and then make sure that, you know, hey, I understand what is this deal? Why is, why are we highlighting this deal? And then why we give kudos to the team, right? So I do think like, you know, that is, you know, very important to uh, apply a lot of the learnings and then experience to the rest of the team. I want to ask something about the kudos channel. I'm sure you have a few more things to talk about, but um, the kudos channel, is that, is that kudos usually pulled out from the managers for their reps? 
or are the reps themselves, is it very organic bottom up where the reps themselves are sharing information about their deals? I'm curious, where's the point of entry into sharing great sales practices? Yeah. Uh, so at the very beginning is mainly the managers highlighting like, you know, hey, we closed this deal. This is how we closed the deal. Who are the reps on this deal? And then we give kudos to. And then right now, I feel like, you know, a lot of their peers give kudos to other reps. So for example, we would have North America reps work together with uh, EMEA rep. And then they feel like, you know, they closed this big deal together. And then they give kudos to each other. Or even like, you know, within the same region, a mid-market rep helped uh, SMB rep to close the deal. The SMB rep would give kudos to the mid-market rep as well. So we really encourage that and incentivize the, the, the support internally and then the cross-regional, like, you know, teamwork can really bring a lot of value and efficiencies. Yeah. Everyone want to interrupt our interview with Shuo Wang. We are talking about how to build an amazing remote first company. One of the critical tools you need to build a remote first culture is an LMS. If you're looking for LMS, look no further than WorkRamp. We are building the all-in-one learning cloud to train your employees, customers, and partners. Check us out at www.workramp.com to learn more. Now back to the episode. So we have the kudos channel. Is there anything else you would recommend in terms of tips for building this sales culture or even let's call it even managing a remote first sales team? Well, any other big tips? I am a very analytical person. So everything, every time when I make a big decision, I would uh, look at a lot of data and then uh, evaluate a lot of data points and then, then based on that analyze and then, then deliver a result and then build a strategy to to the rest of the team. Yeah. So I think it is very important that to have a game plan and then to have a reasoning uh, about the, the game plan that we're uh, rolling out and why. Because uh, sales team, uh, uh, they're great, right? But they, they also like, you know, have a lot of requests and, and then they consistently ask you a lot of questions about why, right? So they need to be convinced so that they can sell and then they can convince other people. So make them be convincing and then make them align with your strategy can really, uh, like, you know, create the, the, the team culture and then to create the alignment internally so that, you know, we can be very efficient whenever we roll anything new, where we make a big changes and decision moving forward. Yeah. When you say data, are you going natively on Salesforce or are you building additional tools on top of that to give you that, that purview into the environment? Yeah. Oh, wow. Two is another, <laughs> another big thing. Uh, right. So it's for any sales team, because today we're running a very global sales team. We have about 600 sales reps. And then, uh, uh and then we have different coverages, Americas, including Latin and North America, uh, as well as whole Europe. Uh, whole APAC, right? And then, then just the culture difference and then the different regions and different company incentives, different pitching points, different customers and segments that we're covering. Like, you know, it's very hard to create. So like, you know, using one set of tools or using like, you know, enablement, one set of enablement tools to, to build the training programs and the culture and then the enablement, right? But we're trying our very best to keep 
Salesforce uh, as aligned as possible. Yeah. Couldn't even imagine uh, just the currencies you're dealing with uh, and how to even normalize that. So I bet you it's uh, super difficult. All right. I want to switch gears just slightly. So we talked about building a sales culture and the sales team needs great products to sell. Deals been known to rapidly build and release products because really you're only four years old right now. 2019 was when you were founded. And again, one of the fastest companies, 100 million ARR. So you had a lot of product innovation at the right time. So tell us, what is your secret for the pace of product innovation? You talked about speed as a cultural value earlier, but maybe if you could give us maybe a little more of the secret sauce on how do you move so fast when building products? Alex is uh, my co-founder. Uh, he is a leading product, right? And then uh, Alex is a, a great product person. And then he moves very fast on, on products. And we're always shipping. We're always delivering new features, new products that benefits our clients, right? I think one thing that we did very well is client interviews. And then I remember at the very beginning of Y Combinator, uh, we spent the majority of our time interviewing our batch. And then uh, a lot of founders like you know give us really good feedback on what we can build, and then then uh, what is the product that they want can help them to hire internationally or send the, like you know salaries to a lot of uh, the international talents, right? So we interviewed around 200 companies, 400 people, and then uh, still today, a lot of their feedback from the early interviews we're still building, right? And then consistently our team be very on top of client requests and then provide uh, feedback to our product team so that we can move very fast and then build the features and the products uh, align with our clients. Do you have like a whole... Um research function or do you do you have the pms in or designers talk to customers i'm curious like what's the i've seen companies who have multiple layers i remember we had a we had an employee who said hey this is great at work ramp we can actually talk to customers directly as pms whereas previous companies had to go through multiple layers curious who gets exposure to customers to do those interviews to rapidly innovate yeah, I it's mainly uh, sales and then success team that talks with clients and then provide feedback to products. But if product team wants to travel with the client directly, we're open to it, right? And then we just need to make sure that the client wants to travel with us and then that's it. We're a very open and then flat uh, organization. Love it, love it. When you say flat, do you, you don't need to get a specific number, but do you kind of, do you have a philosophy of, being flatter in terms of uh, scope of uh, span of control for all of your managers is that is that a personal philosophy you try to drive? Is just to be flatter than most orgs in general? I think since I already spent so much time interviewing people and I make sure that everyone joined deal is like self sufficient and then be able to to finish your project independently. I actually give a lot of freedom and then uh, a lot of like you know independency to my direct reports, right? So that I don't want to become the blocker. And then I believe they are very strong managers and then very strong talents. And then they 
have great ideas and then uh, I can help them to assign priorities and I can provide feedback and then I can like, you know, point out that, you know, hey, what are some additional data points that we can evaluate, right? But the, the thing is, I, I trust them. Uh, I think they are the best talents, uh, like, you know, for the company, for the team. So they have the, the freedom and then to, to, to do whatever uh, that is beneficial to their team. Yeah. I want to close you with one question, then we'll go into the the learn lightning round. Uh, the question I want to ask you is actually around people leadership in a remote first environment. If you had to give the audience one tip to being a better leader when you're running a remote first company, what would that tip be? Wow, that's that's a that's a, a hard question. Yeah, give me some ideas. Like, what what are you thinking about? Like, what, what directions? Yeah, one tip. I've had or I've learned is over communication in remote first because you think, hey, you you can present on a slide. Like I, we just did our all hands the other day and I thought everyone knew um, this framework by heart. And like I asked it in the chat as a trivia question, and, like no one knew it. I was like, wait, I've been talking about this for like three months every week for three months and no one knows it still. Um, so that was one I learned personally is like, especially remote first, because, you know, someone could be distracted. It's just harder to pay attention on Zoom just in general in terms of absorbing information. So I'm more curious if you have uh, something like that that you've picked up. You're like, you have to nail this as a founder or leader or a, a leader of a, I think you said 600 rep, 600 rep org. I'm curious if you have any big tips. During remote culture or the remote setup, you automatically just take on a lot of Zoom meetings with your team internally. Yeah. And then because it's easy, uh, people just go to your calendar and then book a 30 minutes or like uh, 45 minutes and then try chat with you, right? And then, but the thing is, a lot of the time, the meetings could be very time consuming and then it may not be as productive as it looks like. So I, very encourage my team, also other leaders, just to do a lot of like async and then, then build a really good reporting strategy. And then also like, you know, a lot of dashboards and the data reports, especially during sales, right? So data is very important. What is your pipeline? Uh, like, you know, did we close this deal or not? And then what is coming next? And then what is your headcount planning? Did we hire this, uh, like, you know, up to against the headcount plan or not? It's very, it's very like, you know, straightforward, right? And then I do think for effective communication, great reporting and then alignment is better than Zoom meetings, 45 minutes Zoom meetings, yeah. I love that feedback. It's a lot like... Um... I believe Shopify did it with their with their. I think it's Shopify. Always confused if it's Shopify or Spotify, but I think it's Shopify with their with reducing meetings on their calendar. But it sounds like you're very pro. Hey, conserve your time. Make sure every meeting is impactful, and then what can be async, move it async, and or report on it really easily. So, okay, love that. All right, I'm gonna go to learn rapid fire round. Uh, this is where I'm going to ask you just a few questions in the theme of learning and love to get your one or two line answer to each. So the first question is, what is your greatest source of learning right now? Things like a book, blog, et cetera, that you're learning the most from right now? I learned a lot from my managers. Learning from people on your team, even though you're the co-founder, it can teach you more as well too. I love that. All right. How about a big piece of 
career advice beyond selling a company at 16? I don't know what age you sold. You said you started at 16? No, no. I, I started my sales career at the, at the age of 16. Oh, I helped my mom to, to, to sell, but uh, I moved to the States at the age of 16. That's oh, that's I right. Okay. But, yeah. but my main point was you've had a great career. You're running an amazing company. What would you give as a tip to aspiring CROs? What, what tip would you get career, career-wise? Data, 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 be analytical as, as much analytical as you can be. Like, you know, always leverage uh, good data to make, to make good decisions. Yeah. Love that. Be data-driven. All right. Last question I'm going to ask you is yeah. if you had more time or all the time in the world, if you weren't running deal, what's the area you would love to learn more about? Because I studied robotics, right? So, and then I always trying to understand that, you know, if we can uh, record human memories, every single piece of hum- human memories, right? And then digitize those memories into like a really good data and build models. And then based on input parameters, and then what happened to that today, uh, maybe able to apply to what Shure is going to do in the future, right? So in a way, if we can build models and then record all human memories, we should be able to, like, you know, predict future. Especially, like, you know, a lot of historical data, a lot of events happened that impacts huge social happenings or movements or historical changes. I think there should be a predictive model that predicts what's going to happen in the future. So that's that's something that I'm I'm always uh, very interested. Have you watched that show Westworld? Have you ever seen that show? Yeah, like, yeah, well, like that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like remind that. Me, remind, I think it's season three. You're reminding me of that, but that's yeah. that's amazing to uh, hear. And uh, some of the stuff I think they're doing at Neuralink is is getting close to that. But that's very cool. Shuo, thanks so much for sharing more about how to run an amazing remote first company. You are leading the charge on it with Deal. And it's so great learning from you today. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Thanks for listening to the Learn Podcast. If you're a fan of the podcast, do us two favors. One is subscribe to it so you can get the latest update of our most recent episodes. And two, write a short review of the podcast. This helps us get discovered in the broader podcast community. Thanks again.